Welcome everyone to the Simon Dan podcast, uh, the place where science and conspiracy collide. It's episode number 44. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, joining me again this week is my Everlord co-host, the man who is so nice that he loiters in supermarkets just so he can help small people reach the top shelves. It's cats. Hello, mate. How you doing? You all right? What an intro. What an intro. Yes, I do uh, help them reach, and I'll leave them there on the top shelf. <laughs> Put them up there. I, don't get, I get asked all the time. I know, because you're quite a tall guy as well, aren't you? Uh, six one. Yeah, yeah, I'm six three. So everyone's asking me all the time, excuse me, mate, can you just get that up there? And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, starts charging people. Uh, anyway, how you doing? You good? Yeah, really, really good. Uh, mega... Uh, mega, mega busy tonight. Me- mega busy, yeah. always mega busy. Yeah. I won't say doing what, but <laughs> okay. Mega, right. mega busy, He's always. Cats is busy. Uh, so, any have we got any flat Earth news this week? Anything, anything big coming on in the community? No, no, no. no. It's quiet, isn't it? it? It's really <laughs> quiet. It's like it's like we we've done so well that it's just there's just nothing to to for them to do anymore. But there is something that we've got coming up, isn't there? Because we've been looking into this Santos Bonacci guy, and you've been looking into his. Uh, magic, uh, magic plaster thing, haven't you? I have never been more motivated to make a video. Wow! Than that- I have after looking into this. And I think this is the direction to be honest. I'm going to take my channel, looking yeah. at these these scam uh, uh, things. I suppose yeah. scam thing. That's good, isn't it? A scam yeah. thing. Scam uh, thing. Uh, never let it be said I'm not articulate. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is it's a scam thing, but it's a it's a medical scam thing, which makes it twice as bad. Or even worse, doesn't it? So, uh, so yeah, we, we're going to collaborate on that soon once we've got it all sorted. So, Katz is going to look at that. I'm going to be looking at his uh, syncretism society uh, where he, he charges people quite a lot of money to basically tell them the earth is flat. So, yeah, we're going to we're gonna do a deep dive and then kind of expose them, aren't we? So, uh, we'll look forward to that. There'll be, there'll be more info on that soon. Right, let's bring our guest on. Joining us this week is international pilot extraordinaire and general flat earth basher, Wolfie6020. Welcome and thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Oh, very good. Thanks, Dan. And thanks for having me on your channel. Oh, great to uh, be here and uh, great to see you too, Cats. It's a pleasure, mate. Now, I, I first found out, when I first found out about you, I was doing a debunking video of Dell from Beyond the Imaginary Curve. And sure. uh, he was talking about a basketball and he was going to put water on it. He was like, all those sophists, you know, soundly and wolfy. And that was the first time I heard your name. I thought, I'm going to check these two out because he's having a go at you. So you must be quite good if he's having a go at you. <laughs> so I checked out soundly and he was brilliant. And then I checked out you and I was like, amazing. Two more guys do, are doing what I'm doing. And so that's the first time I heard of you. And that was now three and a bit years ago. So you've been in the game a while, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, 2016, I came across Flat Earthers. Um, I was actually in Rio for the Olympics then. Oh, okay. We'd flown across. We'd, we'd flown across. Now, the, the the funniest part I find is that was my last international, like full circumnavigation, and it was entirely in the Southern Hemisphere. So ah. I'd, I'd flown I'd flown from uh, Sydney, Australia. We went down to Christchurch. We refueled, and then we flew across to. Uh, it was supposed to be Santiago, um, direct, but there was fog on arrival. We'd arrived very early in the morning, there was fog. So we had to divert to our alternate Mendoza in Argentina Okay. and did the customs clearance, took a bit longer than expected and then flew up to Rio. So then we had three weeks in Rio and 
normally normally when I'm away on long trips like that, my wife would travel with me and you know, I'd bring drones and things like that. So I'd be quite busy just doing my own thing. But she didn't come on that trip. She went to visit her mum in New Zealand. So I had three weeks to myself. We couldn't fly drones because of the Olympic airspace restrictions. Yeah. So I had a lot more time to just sit on YouTube. Yeah. And just one of Eric DeBay's videos popped up in the corner. Oh, and it was uh, the horizon rises to yeah. eye level. And I thought, what, what's this rubbish? And I, <laughs> I watched it and I thought, no. Nah that's not true you know because yeah. the airplane i fly has a head-up display and you're actually taught that in high altitude flight the hard horizon line is showing you your true horizontal and that's the that's sort of the pitch reference that you set the pitch attitude of the aircraft and yeah. the earth's horizon is more than three degrees below that very clearly and that's Perfect. that's both visually and also with the um with the infrared uh, enhanced vision oh, okay. system, it's very obvious where the horizon is. Yeah, so so I thought, oh, that's easy. That's an easy debunk. So on my next flight, which was flying back to Australia, we, we sort of kept going east. We went from Brazil down to Cape Town, Africa, across to Perth and then across to Sydney. I grabbed some footage of the HUD, posted a very polite message on, on Eric's channel and <laughs> said, no, you're wrong. Uh, this is the actual horizon drops. One of my first videos still on my channel. And then he blocked me. Yeah. and deleted oh, my comments classic. and i thought oh okay so that's what it's like so <laughs> yeah. game on you know i thought i can do this yeah absolute standard debate he, like he he just ignores and blocks that's his that is his a game for debate yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah bit of a baptism of fire though the first one to come across is debate as a yeah flat, as yeah a well, it just popped up it just popped up in the site and and i often wondered how it came across on my channel and at the time i was doing some beta testing for dji they produce ah, the drones okay, and they, cool. they have an they have an Inspire, the Inspire drone. I was doing some beta testing for them because I've been flying radar control planes for since I was 16, you know, so longer than I've been flying real aeroplanes. Yeah. And um, and the the problem they had with this particular drone is the horizon would never stay level. So so when you when you actually yawed the drone, the horizon would just go crazy like okay. that. So I was actually Googling horizon level and level horizon uh, a lot. So okay. the, the algorithms picked that up yeah. and suggested Eric Bay's horizon rising dialogue. They got yeah, you. That, yeah. <laughs> that's how it's happened. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah. you mentioned you mentioned the, the flying there. So you're you're a pilot. So how, how did you get into that? Oh, I always wanted to be a pilot. Always loved airplanes since I was a young kid. Um, started learning to fly when I was 16. Um, got my private license, self-funded. Got my commercial license, self-funded. Um, I, I joined, I sort of had a bit of a, a chop and change career and there was a few little things that I can't talk about too much, but, yeah. but basically I was, I was military, um, then law enforcement, then military, then law enforcement. And, um, basically just through, uh, that. And also once I obtained my, um, commercial license, I got a flying instructor's rating. That's a, an easy way to get a job when you're, you're a fairly junior pilot. So, um, in addition to working for the, the police, um, I was doing some flying instructing at one of the local flying schools at Bankstown. Nice. Quickly build up the hours. And then just with the with all the, the contacts and the networks within the, the government agencies, I was able to get onto the jets and um, and start doing some of the more exciting uh, work that, that they asked me to do. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Like, yeah. Actually being able to do what you wanted to do. I and mean, we've talked about this before, Cats, haven't we? Like, what, what was it you wanted to be, Cats, when you were younger? Oh, so a doctor was one of them, really. Doctor, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it very rarely works out, does it? Like what exactly what it'd be. So it's a very, it must be a cool feeling. Just like ever since you were young, you wanted to do this, and you actually got to do this. It must be very satisfying. Well, I felt very privileged. And if you asked me when I was twelve what I wanted to be, the answer was I want to be a policeman, 
or a pilot. I was lucky go. enough to be both yeah. at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty, well, pretty chuffed. Yeah. I wanted to be either an astronaut or a footballer, and um, both of those yeah. kind of fell by the wayside pretty early. So, <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say yeah, footballer, of course, I mean proper football, not uh, American or Aussie rules, no offence. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so. <laughs> Australian football is pretty rough, though. From it is, it is, oh, to yeah, be fair. I stay away from it. It is. I stay away from it. Yeah. It is. Just all, all, my, all my colleagues at my age that played football at school, they can hardly walk now. You know, they've got injuries and knee injuries and shoulder joints and everything. And I was a runner, a bit like you, Dan. You know, I was yeah. a... I was a um, not not marathons, but I used to do 10K runs. I used okay. to win all the 10K runs at school. And, and I still run. You know, I still can run for about 40 minutes, but it's pretty slow. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's right. 10Ks, yeah. they don't interest me anymore. A bit too short. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's about my limit these days. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, so anyway, your channel, your YouTube channel, it's dedicated to smashing the flat earthers. Um, and you had a similar thing happen to you into what happened to me, didn't you? So you had a video take off and you gained quite a fair few subscribers over a small amount of time, didn't you? That was really surprising, you know, and, and I'd been watching my channel since I started. I started in August 2016 and it was it was almost um, doubling in subscribers every six months. It was like seemed to be have this yeah. constant linear progression. And uh, OK, so then I got to a thousand, I got to two thousand, got to like four thousand. And um, and then there was the the flat out hero guy who yeah. <laughs> made a video um, talking about producing a, a triangle on a sphere, you know, like a, basically a triangle with three ninety degree corners. Yeah. And when when he described the challenge, I thought, yeah, that's easy. Like I just draw it on my flight planning software, yeah. and there it is. Yeah, and um, never expected the reaction I got. And and I think a lot of it has to do with the title, you know, the title of the yeah. video, you know, like. This flat earth raised me a hundred thousand dollars and the algorithm just picked it up and all of a sudden I'm getting like a thousand new subs an hour. Yeah. It's like what the hell's going on here? It was just really, really bizarre. Yeah, and I think that was after your um spinning gate it was one had gone yeah. viral, you know. Yeah. So I kind of thought, okay, well now, now I can see how this how this happens and it just that drives the the numbers on your channel crazy. I yeah. think it was it's very close to peak flat earth like mania on youtube that like 2017 ish 2018 year so like like um we met, you mentioned before we were talking uh wally uh, who does some great yes. videos as well so he would always he was always messaging me even before i blew up about subscriber numbers and then i blew up yes. everything happened and then all of a sudden he messaged me one day he went wolfie's going big like it, the last few hours he's been gaining loads of subscribers and I, I went and checked it out and yeah. I was like, oh man, this video is going up as well. Amazing, amazing. And I think he went up to yeah. about 50,000 subscribers in the space of, was it a few days or something? It was, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. I, I was around, I was hovering around the 10,000 mark yeah. and then before I knew it, I had over like 60,000, you know, yeah. and it was just like, wow, I just, and, and the numbers on the video were just like nothing I'd ever seen. You know, I was, I was thinking, oh, I really should monetize this, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I did make a I did make a promise. I did make a promise right at the beginning that my channel would never be monetized. Yeah. And, you know, I honor my so, promise. So you stuck so. to it. Fair play. Fair play. So that the, the first one then, that's on, is that on 6 million now, is it? Is it 6 million? Yeah, it's, it's over 6 million. Yeah. And then a couple of the follow-ups after that were sort of over the 1 million mark. And um, the, the, I kind of, if I could diverge just for, for 30 seconds, I, I yeah. had the information on Bob Nodell 
for a long time that he wasn't actually a commercial pilot. Yeah. You know, I knew that yeah. right from the beginning, you know, he because when I started, I had all these floaties coming to my channel and say, Oh, Bob, Bob Nodell is going to rip you to pieces. He's a commercial pilot. And I was like, Oh, okay, I'll just check the FAA registry. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> he wasn't flown for 40 years. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to hang on to that. Yeah. And and when the when the channel just started booming and I had 20,000, 25, 30,000 subs, Now's the time to drop that yeah. bombshell. Yeah, that's what it is. So that, that video's got about four hundred thousand views, which uh, which pleases me greatly. Yeah, yeah, not enough though. Still, but Bob is Bob yeah. is awful because he, you know, he's a he's an engineer, he's a pilot, he's this, he's that, he's everything. Uh, but then yeah. when it comes to the crunch, he's you know all he can do is mess up an experiment and prove the Earth is is rotating. Yeah, <laughs> all, all Bob's ever all Bob's ever done is run away from me. That's all not, he's ever done. Every time I try to engage him, he runs away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, that, I think the whole group have run away now, haven't they? To is it bit shoot? Yeah. They're on now, cats. Is that what it is? Is it bit shoot? Something? It's. I've heard the behind uh, paywall on a website to, yeah. to access for a lot of the stuff. Anyway, yeah. you do do live and, and bit shoot though. Yeah, and that doesn't that doesn't bother me too much because they're not. I mean, YouTube's got the traffic's much greater on YouTube, and they're not really getting to yeah. anyone, are they? Yeah. Just, um, good riddance, yeah, I say. They absolutely. can go and have fun there. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you think it was the 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 monetary thing part of it that made those videos and the six and the ones afterwards so successful? Do you think it was the monetary challenge that that caught people's eye? Um, possibly, yeah. Possibly dropping dropping the figure, and you know, I, I still believe that ninety nine point nine percent of the population just enjoy flat earth is being destroyed yeah you know? and so if you if you go out there and act, actively destroy one um it's going to pique people's interest more than maybe me just doing a technical video on how the equatorial mount works you know yeah. they're like a little bit of drama and, oh. and that, that's kind of what i do and I, I know i know my videos can be a little bit dry if you just want raw knowledge that's what they're there i try to not sensationalize things but um yeah i think that was a bit a bit different to my normal um video you know it literally just went and responded to the guy and proved him wrong and met his challenge and wanted the money and of course he backed down and and moved the goalpost several times and and i did the challenge again as he wanted them you know uh, on paper mc toon did an absolute perfect oh, um yeah. response you know he actually did the whole thing with real paper charts and uh but flat out here i never had the money he never had a hundred thousand dollars had no intention of paying and i think everybody knew that i think everybody knew that nobody was under the illusion that they were going to get the money but it was just such an easy challenge and i thought well yeah, don't don't use my name in vain and tell me I can't do something yeah, because here, here it is, I did yeah, it, you know, and, yeah. and then it's backfired, slapped uh, him in the face a bit. Yeah. I, I did a couple actually. I did one. Uh, it's a guy called Calvin Stroud. It's like a ten thousand pound challenge in the UK. He's a builder about something about plumb lines. I can't even remember it now. That one did quite mm. well because of the ten thousand pound, like uh, you know, possibility of winning it. Then I did one with uh, you know Daniel Pratt. He, he yes, offered, I do. Yeah, he, he offered yeah. a million, a million dollars, and, and you're like, "Come on, mate! You sit in your basement and you record yeah. the videos on a yeah. phone, and you you can't, you haven't got a million dollars. Let's be honest here." Yeah, um, I think that that speaks volumes to their mentality. I yeah. mean, who who says I'm going to bet you a million dollars? Children do that. You yeah, know? eight year olds and nine year olds. I bet you a million dollars. So you know, when the flat earthers come out with figures like that, it's just showing showing us their mentality, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Although I I must confess, I uh, I've gone down to their level a little bit. Uh, so I did a five thousand dollar video. So I my I, I said right, here's a five thousand dollar. So I thought I'll make it quite a good amount but small enough yeah. that people can believe that i've got it and yeah. i was like five thousand dollars three challenges you got to do it and i made the challenges quite difficult but i purposefully put loopholes in each challenge 
in the hope that people would try and to, to try and do it, flat us with try and do it. And I said, you can win this very $5,000. And I was holding up like this. And no one knows this. And this is the first time I've met it. It was, it was stage $5,000, like they're using movies. So if oh, anyone would have claimed it, I would have been like, ha, you can have it, but it's worthless. <laughs> <laughs> so I've sunk to their level a little bit. Um, oh, so, that's okay. But yeah. but five thousand dollars, you know, if 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 push came to shove, you could back it up and you could pay. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I made it very clear in the video: you can win this very five thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm holding okay, my hand. okay. I, I do. I think I recall that. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I see yeah. the loophole. I yeah. see the loophole. Yeah, I did it. Come on. So now, I'm going to get loads nice. of loads of hate now, aren't I, from the flat earthers? Oh, Simon Dan, he's a, he is a liar. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the true to your word, really. Uh, yeah, I would have given it. I would have given that very five thousand to them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like it. I like um, it. Yeah. But anyway, you've also that you you mentioned them. You've done some awesome experiments on your channel as well. Like I love the weight change with latitude one they did, uh, and the one on atmospheric pressure as well. Um, I think it was in a lift, wasn't it? And you were using your mobile. I was. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. I did it in a hotel, and they did it on um, a, a hill as well, didn't you? And, and then in, in when I was in Vail in Colorado, I went up the, um, the yeah. ski lift. And it was a, per and was quite a quite perfect a illustration. Thing. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting yeah. to me that the Flat Earthers never try and tackle any of those videos that you produce. Yeah, they don't really touch touch no. a lot of what I do. Yeah, they, they, don't. They, don't, they won't touch flight planning. Flight planning is, is my absolute checkmate, you know, because... Oh, yeah. The, the radius of the earth is right there in the formula. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I don't claim to be a programmer. You talk to somebody like Wes Wally, he's, he's an absolute genius programmer. He, oh. like, he's fantastic what he's done. But, but when, when I was in my teens, you know, I was pretty good at math and, you know, I was used to write little programs in basic and things like that. And, and I wrote my own flight planning software when I was first learning to fly. And they're only very basic, but you could essentially put in a Latin long and it would give you a track and a distance based on great circle, you know, oh, based okay. on the habits yeah. and that sort of thing. So, so I understand. And I, I literally programmed in R myself, the value of the radius of the earth myself. So I know it exists in the flight planning formulas. I've since had more advanced Excel spreadsheets that I've put together, but um, the, the flat earthers, they just will not touch flight planning, you know, because you can look at any aviation chart, any aviation distance on any map and, you can reverse engineer it and you can find R yeah. that way. And yeah. and there's just nothing they can do about yeah. that. And then the big, the other thing is they have no alternative. You know, recently I'm just challenging flat earthers to, to show me an alternative to the globe an alternative to R that will produce an accurate flight plan. And you just get crickets or insults <laughs> yeah. as, as yeah. always. Yeah. That's classic then. Yeah. But still that's way more than I could do in the programming sense. Did Wally give you an ISS thing? The little ISS. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah, I've got amazing, that. I've got that one. It's so good. Yeah, it really, yeah, is, really it. is amazing. And, and I get lots of pictures that he sends. He He's able to, I don't know how he does it, but he's got all these wires going into his computer and then he's graphing like my subscriber numbers and my view numbers in real time and it's like better than any of the <laughs> yeah. better than any of the analytical sites so i don't know he's he's just a good guy he's and, then, yeah. and how i met him is i had a p900 that was actually dropped on one of the work trips so that the baggage handlers dropped it then oh, it right. broke and it wasn't so I, I actually talked about that on my channel i said look guys do you want me to pull it apart i'll make a video pulling it apart so we can all see what it's like I got a quick message from Wally, who was a subscriber, but I didn't really know him very well. I said, oh, would you, would you give me a chance to try and fix it? And I said, okay. yeah, absolutely. So I said, look, if if you can fix it, it's yours. You know, I'll send it to you. If you fix it, good luck, you can keep it. I bought another one. And one of his first videos was a full strip down of the P900. And he actually did. He actually fixed it. He replaced the part inside that was broken. And 
he uses that now. Yeah, so just got absolute respect and admiration yeah. for the guy. Yeah, cool big guy. time, big time. Uh, right, so we're gonna have a short break. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about what we normally talk about at this point, which is cat's curiosity. So this is where cats brings us a piece of news, uh, science news over the last week that has interested him, and uh, we're gonna discuss. What have you got, mate? Well, keeping in line with what I do every week is I have not got a piece of news from this week. Okay. Uh, I've just got something that I found quite interesting. Uh, so I'm going to share it with you. And okay. it might, it's been something that's been around for ages, and you might have heard about it. I have never heard of it, but but you might. Uh, and it's to do with the fact that I'm sick and tired of hearing flat earthers talk about maths and how it's useless in reality. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there's lots of, you know, really, really um, objective ways it can be used. But what I'm going to talk about is it is a very unique uh, unique way of using maths, and I think it's great. Have you heard of the friend paradox? Uh, no. Is it is this to do with birthdays, the same birthdays or not? No. No. Okay, no, no. I haven't, no. Wolfie, is that something you've you've heard of? I think I've heard that phrase, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness for that because <laughs> yeah, it would have been. So, um, okay, so the friends paradox. I'll be I'll be pretty quick. I'll be pretty quick. Right, the friends paradox says that your friends have more friends than you do. Okay, right. which is a bit of a paradox because obviously everybody's somebody else's friend. So yeah. how can you know? It's obviously a web. You get that. It's a web, but isn't it? The, yeah. But there is, there is a mathematical proof behind it, and it does have a, a really spectacular use, right? So <clears throat> let's prove this mathematically between ourselves. Right. In this situation, uh, Wolfie is a great guy. Everybody likes him. So I'm friends with Wolfie, and uh, you are friends with Wolfie, yeah. Dan, yeah? Yeah. But me and you don't like each other, so we're not friends. Right. <clears throat> now, what we're going to do is we're going to calculate the average number of friends that we all have. Right. Right? Okay. So there are three of us. Wolfie has two friends. He's got you and he's got me. Yeah. I have one friend, which is Wolfie, and you've got one friend, which is Wolfie. Yeah. There are three of us. So if we divide the four friends by three people, we've got about 1.3 recurring friends each. Got you. Now let's change the question. Right. Rather than saying how many friends do we each have, we're going to change the question and say, how many friends on average do our friends have? Okay. But let's just sort of change. So I'm now going to start and I'm going to say, well, my friend is Wolfie and he's got two friends. Mm. Who's your friend, Dan? Uh, my friend's Wolfie. He's and got, he's got, two, he's friends. got two friends. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Wolfie, he's, his friends are me and you and we've each got one friend. So that is six friends between, we've got to count Wolfie twice because he was named as a friend yeah, twice, yeah. between four people, which gives us, which gives the average friend, our friend on average has 1.5 friends okay. each. Yeah. So our friends have more friends than us now that's a bit of a statistical you might say oh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a silly trick it's a statistical <laughs> yeah. thing it, it was named the friend paradox by a guy called Scott Feld back in 1991 and then it, in 2009 a spectacular use for it appeared because it turns out <clears throat> that the friends paradox um, is a really unique way of doing um, a, a biased statistical sample there was a flu outbreak um at Harvard University in 2009. I don't know how widespread it was, but Harvard University took example of it. They took nearly 800 students and they took a sample, a random sample of students and they were monitoring the spread of the flu through those students. Right. But what they also did is they asked the students to each name all their friends and they made a second random sample from just the friends. Okay. Right. And this kind of like, um, uh, this, uh, 
biased sample. The idea, because of the friends paradox, there should be more linkage between the friends of the friends than the, the than the original sample. Right. And what they did is they monitored the uh, the the spread of the flu up to like a critical level where they could say there's a problem between these students and the friends of the original sample. Um, they hit that critical point two weeks before the other group. And that has changed the way that infectious diseases are, uh, or a certain influence way of how they are tracked through a population. Um, wow. Because it is a way of, of, of creating a bias sample. So there we go. I just found that quite interesting. That is, that is interesting. Yeah. And you're right that the flat no. earthers are always banging on about how maths can't be used uh, in reality. Mm. Uh, it's what, yeah. something that Jaron likes to say quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, but it's—I mean, that, that's it's ridiculous. Well, there's nothing more concrete than geometry, is there? You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. Bang on. Thanks, for that, mate. That was actually really interesting. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's turned up, Wolfie, for you. He's turned up this week. <laughs> <laughs> I put some effort in. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. So we've chatted flat Earth. Um, have you had any experiences of any other conspiracy, uh, conspiracies like moon landed, etc.? Sort of thing. I get a lot of get a lot of comments about that on my channel. Um, I, I really try to avoid getting um, drawn into too many um, side discussions. You know, flat, the shape of the Earth, I know one hundred percent from my own personal experience. It is irrefutable. Okay. I've staked my life on it, staked my family's life on it. So yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get in there and fight for it. I'll back back that up. The, the moon landings, obviously, I believe they happened. But I wasn't there, yeah. you know. So, so even if there's the point zero 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 one percent that maybe they were faked, okay, I don't know. But yeah. if if it turns out that they were, which which I don't think will ever happen, um, the Earth is still a globe, you know. Yeah. So I just I just basically just stick to to the shape of the Earth discussion. Oh, but yeah, but I'll go on record. I absolutely do believe the moon landings occurred. You know, I've got no reason to not believe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you are right though. It's uh, it's it's something that. Uh, with the shape of the earth is especially what, what the field that you're in it's something you can absolutely 100% you know state yeah. uh, I don't yeah. think any of us can 100% state that it definitely 100% happened uh, simply because yeah. like you said we weren't there I mean I don't know if you if you've uh, looked back on any of the episodes but we had a, a moon landing denier on the podcast <clears throat> and he gave us his five best was it his five best pictures wasn't it Katz on the, um, why he thought it was faked and yeah. honestly, it was it was really bad, wasn't it, Cats? It was it was pretty it, bad. It, it was quite entertaining. But to be fair, he was uh, he was at least reasonable about it. Was yeah. he, would, he would listen. He was very he was a very nice guy. But he ended up ended up his his rebuttal for everything was like, well, this is why we need to go to court and get experts to to mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> to, to to kind of argue it in court. Um, I think you just need to go and watch a launch. I mean, I've been yeah. to uh, Florida twice, you know, over the last couple of decades, and I've watched actually watched the space shuttle launch. That was the most amazing nice. thing I've ever seen. You know, the, the noise and the power and, you know, being being a pilot, I know aerodynamics and I know the physics involved in flight, and to see this thing just launch off the pad, it was just like just a, a really incredible experience that you just can't describe you know videos will never do it justice you need to be there oh, you feel the vibration you feel the rumbling but the power in this thing is just incredible um and, and obviously you know the flat earthers say it goes up and then it goes down but it, it's just going up and arcing around to, course, yeah. to get the orbital velocity which yeah. we all understand yeah. yeah absolutely um uh don't ever talk to amy from vintage space she, she basically told me that the space shuttles were rubbish uh, oh, really? which, which basically destroyed my childhood because that's what I kind of grew up loving the space shuttles. Yeah, something about how they weren't fit for purpose or something in terms of their yeah. 
Yeah, ruined my childhood. Yes. So let's just let's just go back to flat Earth for for a second because I mean it's a yeah. I call it a bit like a pandemic really the flat Earth the flat Earth thing because there is a lot of them uh, as much as we don't like to admit it there is a lot of them. Do you think this is an educational issue in general or more of like a social one? What do you, what do you think? That, that's a really good question. I mean, my, my personal theory is that, um, you know, and I've learned this since encountering Flat Earth, as one of my early subscribers had done studies in it. He seems to have disappeared long ago, but, you know, he used to talk about the word dyscalculia a lot. Okay. You know, I'd, I'd never heard that. I'd never heard that word. But, you know, when he mentioned it, I Googled it. And it's just like... Um, essentially like dyslexia but in the field of mathematics and geometry and visual yeah. you know, spatial reasoning that sort of thing so so and it affects like up to five percent of the population that's mm. a lot of people you know a lot of people and um you could probably you know make it like uh, colorblindness like somebody that's colorblind but they don't know they're colorblind right so uh, all of a sudden they're looking at the world and they see the world in a very different way to how the rest of the population does and if they can find a few people that see this world the same as themselves, they're going to feel comfortable. They're going to feel normalized. Um, and I think, I think there's a big factor because, I mean, we can all agree that if you meet a flat earther, it's almost guaranteed that they're going to be terrible at math. That they're going to not understand basic geometry. And if you throw them a formula, they'll run away. You know, yeah. that's just been my experience for five years. So I, I have a feeling, and, and it's just my personal theory, that you know many of these flat earthers actually do have you know dyscalculia or a disorder like that. They don't understand math. They can't process it. If somebody tells them that maths is not real and it's fake, that's like an excuse. It's like oh, oh I don't have to worry about it then. Yeah. You know, it, they've known all their life that they are bad at math. You know, and a lot of them haven't even finished school. So so I think. Um, they're they're very susceptible to be drawn into a world or certainly a group of people with similar um problems or similar dislike of mathematics you know it's it's yeah. like it it allows them to feel normalized amongst peers um that's just my personal opinion and then you know when i meet a new flat earther on my channel first thing i'll do is i'll just target mathematics you know yeah. and formulas and just see and it's it's like a, a guaranteed thing every time you know ask a maths question they're not going to give you an answer yeah uh, well, it's a yeah. fair shout because I mean the community is a massive part of their of their world, isn't it? The the whole flat Earth yeah. community, they, they a lot of them live with it twenty four seven. And I'm certainly when we spoke to people like Speak Truth, Seek Truth, and of course Ranty, who's now left that scene, it was yes. like it was their whole life, wasn't it, Cats? The 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 whole community part of it was was their life basically. They do get a big backlash, and don't they? They lose a lot. You know, they do lose a lot when they, they walk away from that. And they've alienated, I think, in a lot of instances, what was their life before. So it's not that they're just losing the flat earth community that they've, they're have yeah. walking away from. It's they just don't have what used to be there to go back to, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what yeah. what confuses me, though, is people like, I don't know if you know Adam Meekin, Wolfie. Uh, hangs around with I know the name yeah. I know the name there's only a few that I've, I've had like lot significant interaction with but certainly not Adam but I have okay. heard the name yeah, yeah. I, he hangs around with uh, Nathan quite a lot Oakley and uh, okay. he, he's very well educated uh, is it chemistry cats he's he's he he is a pharmacist pharmacist okay. so he will have he will have I, I think he, he does tout himself or he's been touted by others as being like a, a highly qualified chemist they push him up a chemist is in yeah, yeah a chemist yeah. is in a boots chemistry Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, see, that's that's the thing. I didn't know his exact job, so I've I've watched them, and they're like, "Yep, Adam's this, Adam's that," and they've elevated him to to what 
not not that a boots chemist is is uh, is a bad thing, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, it always confused me how someone who is claiming to be that educated is still gr- finding it difficult to mm. grasp the concepts. Mm. Mm. Okay, I found something out there. That's good. Um, I've also seen quite a lot of videos from flat earthers where they have pilots interviewing pilots who are claiming that the earth is flat. What do you think is going on there, in your opinion? Look, in the majority of cases, I have seen a lot of those videos, and in the majority of cases, the pilots are just taking the mickey out of it. They really are. And and, before before encountering flat earth on YouTube, I would have done exactly the same thing. Ah, If if I was in the cockpit and somebody said, uh, came up and said, Oh, so so tell us, tell us, Rob. You know, is is the Earth flat? I said, yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's like, don't tell anyone. Yeah, but it's absolutely flat. You know, and because it's so ridiculous yeah. that you can joke about it, thinking that nobody's actually going to really believe it. And yeah. so so you know, having encountered the flat Earth community, having dealt with them a bit, and you think you realise that they're actually serious, and that if you tell them something like that in pure jest they're going to take it as gospel anyway. Obviously now I wouldn't do that. I said, no, don't be stupid. It's absolutely a globe, you know, if somebody asked me. But um, yeah, when I see the videos of these random little clips and, and you know, half the time the, the pilot's just a little bit dumbfounded. And the, the, the other aspect to that is they don't want to engage the passengers. They want to get off the airplane. They want yeah. to finish their paperwork and go to the hotel and start having cocktails with the flight attendants or with their families at home, you know. Nice. Um, not that I've ever done that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so so you know uh, the, the analogy I use is if you're in a, a, a shopping aisle at a supermarket, you know most people mind their own business, but occasionally you get the person who just wants to tell you their life story. Yeah, yeah. How, how do you how do you minimize the conversation? You just agree with them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's, yep. that's- if you just agree with them, it doesn't develop the conversation. So I see that in the videos too of these pilots. You know, the flatters are saying, "Oh, so so the Earth flat?" Yeah, 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 yeah. Just get off my airplane. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just go. <laughs> So, so there's that side of it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, no real pilot thinks that Earth say. is flat. Yeah. You know, you got Bob Nodell. Okay, he had a private pilot's license back in the '70s. He probably did a few circuits around the Aero Club with a flying instructor, and then never flew again. Um, <laughs> but you know, and then then they brought up this F-16 pilot on Tabuki's Conspiracy oh, Channel, so good. and the, so the first good. time, the first time I asked him a question on air-to-air combat because I've, I've done air-to-air combat training i've actually done i know the theory of, i've taught it in in light aircraft yeah and um as soon as i threw in some of the actual fighter pilot jargon he ran yeah. he ran away so and, and, yeah anyone who doesn't know uh wolfie and was it wally as well who helped on that uh was my was actually my brother who sent the email That's who, it. who's my brother's a bit of a lurker. Like he, he just doesn't get involved too much, but he does have a channel and he just teases the flat earthers just, yeah. just quietly. But so, yeah, yeah. So you basically set up um, a taboo conspiracy as if uh, you were a, a pilot who was whistleblowing, weren't you? Like for saying that Correct, the earth is yeah. flat and all yeah. that. Yeah, saying that was ex Qantas pilot, ex Qantas pilot. That's it, who, yeah. Um, and you made, up, in the you made up some department. stuff, didn't you, about planning was it cryptactic what was it cryptactic yeah. well it was a bit of a family joke between my brother and i in yeah. the i dream of genie series That's you know, it. Tony yeah. nelson one, one, one time his mother comes in and she sort of sees some funny things going on with genie and Tony always had an excuse, you know, he'd make up these words, oh, that's just the uh, cryptactic light sequence. <laughs> right. And she goes, oh, well, isn't science wonderful kind of thing. 
So my brother and I always have kind of used that in our own conversation. Like, oh, did you break, did you break my scale electric car? No, no, no. That's the cryptactic yeah. light sequential. No, that's yeah. just our little personal jargon. So it was just such a silly word and such a silly um, play on that word. Like we've called it cryptactic flight sequentials. It, you know? yeah. So, and he just took it, took it as gospel. And, yeah. but, but the one, the one, the one thing a lot of people don't know is that in the, those emails that I was sending to Boo Conspiracy, I was just saying all sorts of other rubbish. You know? yeah. And even in, even in that, um, the emails, I was saying that I, as Steve, the Qantas pilot was good friends with Wolfie. You know, I was, oh, okay. I was giving him so many clues. I was giving him so many clues. I was saying I was good friends with Wolfie. I went through pilot training with him and this, this, and this. And I was just making all these ridiculous comments. Um, and I even, even contradicted myself a number of times deliberately just to see how Taboo would deal with that. And what did he do? Just deleted it all it, out it of the email. Didn't, didn't yeah. show any of that. Yeah. Completely edited what I'd sent him and presented just what he wanted his subscribers to see. So I think I think that's the most damning part yeah. of, uh, of what had occurred there, just the way he had not presented the information accurately. 99% of his viewers would have seen it was just an obvious setup had he done so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and yeah. you guys... Uh, very generously put a couple of bits together for me and we, we put it out on my channel, didn't we? About how, uh, I think yeah. I named it catfishing flat earthers or something. Um, yeah, and fun. everyone was very, very, uh, very, very happy with that. They found it quite amusing um, that, that, that that happened. But it just goes to show, doesn't it? How, how far these flat earthers go uh, to try and to get the information out there, even though it's not necessarily correct. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. We're almost done. We're going to play the scientist game. Now, this is going to be the last. So this is, I didn't even say to Cats earlier, but this is the last run of the series, this one, Cats. So I think you're winning, aren't you? Uh, yeah, and let's just say I am. It's, yes, it's let's literally, just say I am. Honestly, it's the, it's the greatest non-knowing of what the score is in a game show, in the whole of game show histories, but Cats is winning. So this is basically, I'm going to read out some uh, facts about scientists in chronological order. And the first person to guess who the scientist is gets the point. Now, if Katz gets it, he's, he'll win uh, quite comfortably. But Wolfie, if you get it, you'll get a little bit of uh, a little bit of pride back for the guests. So, um, <laughs> well, I, I, I don't feel too confident here. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll claim that I know aeroplanes very well, and I know telescopes moderately well. Beyond that, I make no claim. Yeah. Well, it's not hard. It's not hard. I'll just say that. Rain okay. It's not. Okay. No. Right. So. Hang on, let me get the music. So, here we go. Born October 1958. 1976, graduated from the Bronx High School of Science. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, um, but how do you do that? <laughs> Well, he was American and he's around about, what, 60 odd years old. Um, Unbelievable. And you and you said it was quite an easy I to did. guess. I just thought, yeah. who's a famous American, 60 odd years old? Unbelievable. Neil. Neil. Well done, mate. Yeah. Well done. I like, Wolfie didn't stand a chance, bless him. No. <laughs> no uh, don't worry you about it. You also texted me the answer before we started. No, I did. Honestly. <laughs> honestly right, Wolfie, I honestly. needed a few more clues for that. Yeah. If, we, if, we get a, if we get a guest on, right, and they're in a certain field of science... I normally put the, the guests of scientists in their kind of field. Cats will go and look up all the birth dates of all the all the yeah. scientists in that field, just in case it comes up. 
He's, he's crafty. Enough. He's crafty. Anyway, Wolfie, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, we can find you on YouTube, Wolfie6020. Everyone, please do go and subscribe. Uh, there is some generally quality stuff on there. Uh, are you on Twitter, Wolfie? I'm not on Twitter, oh, no. no okay. I don't do a lot of social media. That's I'm fine. fairly fairly quiet. I mean, even even having a YouTube channel with the numbers I do, it's not not really something I ever ever aimed to do. It was just luck that the the channel yeah. got so big. But yeah. um it is luck. Yeah, not on Twitter, not not yeah. on Facebook, not on anything like That's that. That's fine. Yeah. YouTube is enough. Everyone please do go and check out his videos. Uh but we're done. We're done for another uh, another series. Um it was a good one, Cats, wasn't it? Good series this one. It was. I was really enjoyed it. Some fantastic guests tonight. I've been been uh, absolutely brilliant and uh i know i know you've already said it but if, if anybody doesn't know what wolf is i always learn something when i watch his videos i say yeah. I, always, I always learn loads and uh, you've got to go and check him out it's a brilliant yeah. channel 100 uh right so we'll be back uh probably sometime mid-january um and we've got a buttload of new guests coming on uh for that one and we're going to bring back guess the conspiracy cats we're going to bring it back so uh, that should be good fun. People have been calling it for ages. But we're done. Everyone, have yourselves a great Christmas and a great New Year. Uh, and we'll see you in January. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.